Back Row and Chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Fubar Radio. Quinton Aaron. Don't lie, my G. Quinton, how are yes, you with that? How are you? Hello! Quinton, my G. What's happening, brother? What's going on, man? What's going on? How are you? Big fan. What? What? Um, you of me? <laughs> Shut up, man. I'm a big fan. Come on, We're G. big fans Come of on, you. G. Yeah. For real. I uh, appreciate that. appreciate that. Thank you. How's it treating you in Glasgow? Because that shit be cold, you know. Us black people, we have to be careful of the cold because they be trying to kill us in Scotland. So just, you know, <laughs> you talk know to me. You know what's funny, though? I'm a rarity. I'm probably the only black person I know that loves the cold. <gasps> I'm enjoying this weather right now. We're about to fall out. I'm about to get on the train and come up there and knock some sense into you. <laughs> How can you be talking that you like the cold? I'm from New York. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I know it can be cold in New York, too. It can be cold. But you get them good summers, though. You get those good summers. So we're here to talk about your new film which is called Halfway and people might know you before they'll definitely know you before from The Blind Side boom yes so we just want to talk a little bit about Halfway the new film well, you know we're actors so we know it's new to the world but you shot this like what a year ago almost two and a half years ago wow now. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah sometimes films take a while it's in the life. pipeline yeah yeah, yeah. alright yeah so tell us about the movie and then we let's talk about it because I enjoyed it myself I'm a big fan of how you got up with them cows I don't be dealing with animals man <laughs> especially animals that oh, you can't train that. like dogs and stuff like that and cows when that cow was sucking your fingers I was like, oh, he's going to lose his hand or something. <laughs> it's basically a film that came about from the director who's actually from London, Ben Carrot. That's he right. wrote it, and it was originally about a young British kid who was fish out of water coming into Wisconsin yeah. to live on his family farm, but he wanted to change that aspect of it and make it more relatable to today's society and the social injustice what's going on in the prison system and today with minorities going to prison for repeated crimes and stuff so you know about the recidivism issue and so halfway kind of speaks on that and in the sense where takes the story of byron who was recently released from prison and it follows his life through his life on the farm yeah he's the fish out of water you know in a sense where he's doing his probation out on the family farm and it's totally outside of his element yeah, and, and it's his step like, it's a stepbrother's farm right stepbrother in the yeah yeah farm. exactly yeah, his yeah. stepbrother got him out of prison the favor he had to return yeah, sure. you know by you Working know his, his due diligence on the farm exactly yeah. and it's a story about choices. I like to put it in that sense because everything we do in life is based off the choices that we make. Right. And Byron was presented with the opportunity to either make a better man of himself or go back into his usual ways and yeah. possibly land back in I prison. Mean, I, think so. it's, I think it's a beautiful film. Like, I watched the whole thing. For me, it was a real subtle movie. Today's movies is like you sit down, you put on your mad glasses and there's explosions and everything. So yeah. it's always good to see <laughs> yeah, exactly. a character-driven movie. And I mean, i got to tell you, man, I've seen a few of your things and obviously everyone's like, blind side, blind side. But this performance was good. I'm talking like, they're all like, case Manchester by the sea. But your subtle performance in this was some good shit, brother. i got to tell you, like, really, I appreciate really, that, man. Thank you. really yeah. was good. You're right, it is about choices, but it was interesting to, for me to see that you know, the director chose to go that way because it added a new dynamic, like when you meet the old man from the other farm. That was my favorite. You know, without giving yeah, too much away yeah. to the audience. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey DeMond is an amazing actor, amazing talent, and just really cool guy, you know. He yeah. was fun to be around on set. Definitely, he was one of my favorite characters yeah, to work but with. But it speaks about also, you know, you have the young guys being overtly racist to your character or being quite rude, but then even the guy that is really supportive and really friendly has that sort of ignorant racism not in a bad way but like he's calling you colored when he doesn't know that it's not acceptable anymore and it's like it speaks about society about the way people are treated and even if it's not intentionally and how there needs to be more awareness about this Mm. whole thing and i thought it was a really good by the director and writer because your character byron is he's the only black farmer in the area or becomes the only yeah. farmer. And I've got to say, you're becoming like the king of... Living of with white people. Living with white family. <laughs> you're the king. Byron, like, the king of living with white folks. Like, again, he's got another... Too funny. <laughs> <laughs> I accept that. I accept that. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. to think I can get along with anyone. Yeah. people person. Maybe that's like your film niche. Like every family in your film, they're I'm just all white. You, man, you got to just be like up in the white people's <laughs> house, living the... Good... Listen, talk to me about these cows, bro. You got to talk to me about these cows. Oh, man, the cows are awesome. It's funny because when they were teaching me how to milk them, they said you have to talk to them. You have to walk up. You talk to them and rub their behind. So yeah. I was like, okay. so it's Like a woman. Pretty much like you. Yeah, exactly. That's how my wife do me, bro. <laughs> That's how my wife do me. She milk it and she rub my behind and talk to me in my ears. 
it was yeah. awesome, man. It was definitely an experience. The the Cavs were they were hilarious, man. Yeah. The way they just sucked on your finger. It was funny. The first day, one of them almost took a ring. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm gonna need that back. Need <laughs> <laughs> that back. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, the baby one that got out was cute. I was like, how is he touching these cows, right? man? And then the one that got out, I was like, okay, that one's cute. You know, I could live with that. And he started sucking your fingers. I mean, just for the audience, know, obviously the film's not about cows, but it's a really touching movie about this character who comes out on parole and ends up on his stepbrother's farm and. Then, of course, realizes that the stepbrother is not as genuine as we believed, but we don't want to give too much away. But, I mean, I really want mm. our listeners and everyone to see this film. I want to tell you, my brother, that you were brilliant in the movie. And, again, once again, subverting and defying people's expectations of what we're supposed to do. Man, I loved it. Appreciate that. Thank you, man. Definitely. And how long are you going to be over in the UK? Sunday, I will be going down to London for a few days. Nigga, listen! We're in London, boy. You better come check We're in London. <laughs> okay, okay. I love how this is just turned yes, into sir, like sir. a casualty. Well, we're brothers, man. Black people have to stick together, man. Because you white, he's <laughs> always trying to kill us and shit. And like, that's what we, you know, we're brothers. <laughs> you feel me, bro. I know you feel me. I know you have yeah, to be, yeah, you got to yeah, be PC. Exactly. You got to be PC. I don't have to be PC. It's my show. I do what the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. Jacob Hawley, welcome. Thanks for having me. These little studio people over there that are away playing applause to everybody. So, That's nice um, them, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice, <laughs> Get ready for the applause, which I'm sure you will be getting lots at Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, I hope so. So what kind of show is like a one-man One-man, yes, yeah, so it's just me. It's, it doesn't sound like much fun to be honest with you, because it's just me talking for an hour. Talking to uh, yourself. Talk, well, hopefully talking to people if people <laughs> buy tickets. It's Yeah, it's a funny show. It's, it's a little bit political. Some of it is a little bit, not sad, but like personal. And yeah, it's quite funny. So did you write it yourself? Oh yeah, 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 write it all myself. How do you start writing? Is it what? Is it a forty-minute show? About an hour. An hour show. Yeah, How do you yeah. even write? What do you do? Do you do look like little ten minutes and squish them together? Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah. So I mean, like, so I've been doing stand-up for like four years now. Okay. So and some of the material I've been doing for two years, they would have started as like three-minute little bits, and then they've grown and got bigger and longer. And yeah. So now. What's your show called? Howl. I have to really enunciate that because of my accent. I, I naturally say howl. Yeah. And you can't hear the L at the end, and people just think it's a people question. People can't say how. Well, I yeah. thought you said owl. Like, an owl! <laughs> an owl! I was like, oh, maybe it's an owl show about yeah, birds. all about birds, all about birds. All about birds, birds of a feather. That twist their heads around. No, um, yeah, it's called Howl. Cool. Why is it called Howl? Well, originally it was named after the Allen Ginsberg poem Howl. Have you read it? I have not. I've not either, to be perfectly honest. Okay, with great. But yeah, it was. You, you have then to, why did you name it after because, that? Because, so, well, it's, it's too long a poem to read, but basically it was, it was you have to name your show a long time before the actual thing. Oh. So like, I had to name it in like January. And at the time I thought I was going to write this really long, funny piece of material about that poem. And then I started doing the bit of material and I thought maybe it's okay. not going to be a very long bit of material. And then it, yeah, now I don't do any material. So it's about a total that. accident. But <laughs> it could always be, be that because why is it called Howl? Because you were going to howl with laughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll take that. I'm open for suggestions. Yeah. If you've got any other suggestions about how I can make the title work. so funny. Yeah. Howl. There we go. Yeah, That's that works. That works for me. Whenever anyone asks me now, I'm going I'm to say that. I'm going to say it because people howl with laughter whilst watching the show. So you've done stand-up for four years. Where did you start? In London. I started You're from, from London? No, I'm from just outside in Stevenage. Stevenage. Yeah. Have you been? I've not had the pleasure Why of not? going to Stevenage. Why have you um, been? I'm a Londoner, and I tend to stick to London. Where did you grow up in London? I was born in Lewisham, so... Were you really? Yeah, oh, so... you're from South? Yeah, I'm south. I, li- I live in South, now. Where do you live? Camberwell. Camberwell? Oh, now I live in Peckham. Do you? We just done the road for each other, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love it. Love it. But no, yeah, so I'm from Stevenage. I moved to London. I went to uni in London, and then I started doing stand-up straight away. So where did you do it first? My first gig was in a club in North London called Downstairs at the King's Heads. Oh, um, the King's Head. Yeah, I, it was, I was awful. I was really bad. I just wanted to be Russell Brand. So I was wearing like a really tight black blazer Ooh. and like tight black jeans and like a Eyeliner. Sort of like, not quite eyeliner, but yeah, I, d- I still look ridiculous. But yeah, and that, that was a long time ago now. But yeah. Cool. And uh, do you remember what your first stand-up was about? <sighs> well... Because I wanted to be like Russell Brown. I wanted to be like really like controversial and talk about yeah. like big topics and stuff. So I was trying to talk about like religion and stuff like that. And it, it's not it's not very me. Um, so so yeah, it didn't really suit me very well. My things that tickle me, my funny bones, is uh, awkward situations. Okay. Or I'm just so interested in what happens, like when somebody falls over. Not really them falling over, but what do they do to save that? 
like oh okay or, so, so when people style it out yeah so yeah. or when someone like it's happened to me a lot in my life where I've gone to like shake someone's hand and they've like not seen it and turned away Ooh. and then I've been like how do you <laughs> what's your go to do you, do you scratch your head is that is that your sort of way of getting out of well that? now I'm like oi mate oh, oh so you insist <laughs> if someone shakes your hand I'm shaking your hands up okay what if someone wants to go for a handshake but you go for a hug how do you feel about that oh well then they just send to cut my breasts and it's really <laughs> awkward and it's just <laughs> you go in there just or you get great or you don't know whether you go in for a kiss or uh, or yeah, not. Like and I've that. had someone just sort of kiss my earlobe. Do you like that? Quite softly. I mean, it felt nice, but I was like, I don't know you. <laughs> Some, this is like someone's dad or something really awkward. Yeah, I think there should be like a maybe a lesson or something when you grow up, like how Teach to... Teach you how to greet people. How do you know? What do we do? Yeah, absolutely. So, so is that your favourite thing, awkward situations? Awkward situations, yeah. That's just really tickled I've, me. I've got some of them in my show. Oh, really? I've got a lot of them in my okay, show. Okay, great. Are they from yeah. your own experience? From my own experience, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I the, love that. The, like, the end of my show is talking about when my sister had her kid, and me and my family went and we got really drunk, and they tried to kick us out of the hospital because we were too drunk. You were drunk in the hospital? In the hospital, yeah. Well, I can imagine that would be... And we, we were using the gas and air. You know, like, you get the gas and air out the walls. We, oh, we, yeah. We were having a bang on that whilst my sister was next door having the kid. Oh, and your yeah. poor sister was like, where's my gas and air? Yeah, 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 we, we had it all. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, babe, we're just looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they tried to kick us out of the hospital. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, has she had any more kids since then? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. and, and to be fair, the second one, the most recent one, we, we were very well behaved. Okay, you yeah. know your lesson. We just smoked, we didn't... Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's way more chill, you know what I mean? <laughs> Gas and air bring you up, smoking no, yeah, bring you down, yeah, we, cool. we, we were just hanging out. That's crazy. I've toyed with the idea of doing stand-up. Have um, you really? Yeah, because I make... Com- that's my idea, I'm a com- I'm comedian and I make comedy sketches. Okay, And, cool. like, comedy shows and um but i've not done anything live do you know what you would do if you were to do stand-up do you have any ideas yes i do i've kind of thought about it and either yeah again awkward situations okay i have like a serious hilarious history of dating life i'm okay. like i'm terrible at, at it and also i am 70 percent deaf in one ear okay that has also brought about many funny moments in do, my do life. you want to try some of me do you, so want to try some, do you want to try a story on me like some stand up some stand up yeah you can put me on the hot seat right now yeah, this go, is go, my go, show dude you're putting me on the hot seat just try a little bit okay I'm trying to think of like the funny story um, okay once there was a guy who was chasing me through an airport uh-huh. and I had like headphones on so I was just like bopping away and then uh, this so, guy so a guy was chasing you through an airport I know right what, um, what, he was what? trying to like flag me down and he was like yeah. hey 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 and um, he ran up and he finally caught up with me and he was like hey I've been like shouting at you since the the ticket booth uh-huh. he's like well are you deaf and i just turned and showed him my hearing aid i was like oh yeah and he was like, i'm so sorry can i buy you dinner <laughs> and this isn't this is really not going wrong and i was like yes you can fucking buy me dinner absolutely and how long have you been together now <laughs> nine years um that's since yes, gerald i mean you know bless his soul he's dead now but it was good another one was i i was in bed with a lover okay. and i didn't have the hearing aid in so okay. it's always a bit of a an odd time when you right. can't, when you can't hear do you find that men try to speak up a bit more in that situation when you're not wearing your hearing yeah aid? if they're trying to like talk dirty or something i'm like you've got to shout <laughs> so the neighbors can hear yes because otherwise <laughs> i can't and there was a really confusing i need to remember exactly what he said but he did he whispered something extremely dirty into my ear okay. and because i was deaf i didn't hear it and i thought he said i'm only happiest when i'm with you so he oh. said this thing, and I turned around and was like, babe, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. And he looked at me like... What is the filthy thing that you I can't remember. It was <laughs> you can remember. It was something about putting something somewhere. <laughs> right. And, uh, and like his reaction, the ultimate confusion of me just being like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> He's like, well, she is kinky. Yeah, yeah, yeah genuinely. So, do, you, do you think you talk about sex on stage quite a lot? I mean, I clearly have, like, autopiloted to that, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, so I never talk about sex on stage. You never, because you've never had it. I mean, you've caught me out, but that is actually why, yeah. But one day you will. One day. And then you can add it to your show. Yeah, yeah. So well, next year's show is all going to be about my first time. Okay. All <laughs> guys, get your tickets in. <laughs> Jacob's first time. Yeah, but th- this show's going to be good as well. I should okay. say that, yeah, even though there's no sexual stories in it. There's just political stories in this one. Is it, well, it's not that political. I think, I think my mate, like, I've... Some of it's political, but I think the sort of people that like my stuff don't usually like political comedy. Do you like political comedy? Not really, because I don't yeah. find politics too funny at the moment. Right, yeah, to exactly. To be quite frank. Exactly. But, um, yeah, but you, I think you'd like my stuff then. You, you, people who don't like political comedy usually like my stuff. Okay, maybe you'll swing me round. Yeah. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. So, a huge welcome to Coco Brown. Welcome. Hi. Okay. You get an applause as well, babe. Thanks. Of course you do. Can I do that? Can I call you Coco? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's encouraged. <laughs> Great. 
I'm with it. I'm with but it. But you I'm have to it. stick with that now. You can't I'm, change I'm it. I'm with it. Oh, don't worry. I'm with it. I was with it before I even asked you, so it's all good. Is that your real name? <laughs> yeah, it's the name that everyone calls me. <laughs> My birth name is Kareen, and it's spelled K-R-E-I-N. But when you ever try and say it in a club or, you know, when you're, like, networking, you're like, hi, oh, my yeah. name's Kareen. And they're like, Karina? Kareen. Corin. And you're like, no, babes. And you know what's easy? Coco. K-O-K-O. Yeah. I love that name. Same really, letters. Really nice name. I'm called yeah. Johanna with an A. Everyone's like, Johanna? Are you Swedish? <laughs> <laughs> like just J, J, J. Yeah, I know people. Do you know what? I kind of like really envied kids when they were called just like Emma, Jane, <laughs> Sally. <laughs> I just want a normal name. Yeah. Kind of exciting times. You have got a show on at the Roundhouse, Camden. Yes. Yeah, I do at my home. That's like my home. Venue. Oh, you from from the north? I love. Yeah, born and raised in Kilburn. I was about to do gum fingers, and I'm like, no. How did that happen? And also, what is the show about? It happened because I've been working with the Roundhouse for like two years, started kind of creating a little bit of work with them, and said to them, look, I really want to make this show about being mixed race, because there's not much about that. Support me? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, great, this oh, is cool. what I need. That's exactly how it happened. I told them what I needed, and yeah, they like, they just did it, and then did some more and yeah they're great and so the show's called white and it's about being mixed race it's about being a mixed race black woman and just identity and stuff like that full of spoken word and vocal looping so yeah like the stuff that ed sheeran does Um, but also the stuff that like some other great vocal loopers like grace savage who's a beatboxer i find that magic like i've seen people do that with their little boxes and i don't understand how it works so for me it's like i'm just like oh press the buttons and i can hear four of them (laughs) you're gonna have to come into my studio and play this is oh yeah that's what it is yeah we'll do like skill swap like yeah let's do it teach me how to say words on the radio world (laughs) (laughs) and i'll teach you how to say words into a machine world that's not something i can do but okay (laughs) we can see yeah because you can take stuff have you seen the movie baby driver no oh because he does that he like always recording stuff like he records stuff he hears and he goes back home and he he puts it in his little it's box and, then and he, he makes music out of and it's he quite loops cool. it oh, and it's like yeah it was great I what love that I'm all about electronic like weird music that you can create out of things and computer music yes computer yeah, music yeah, I'm just a nerd who happened to do theatre and music like <laughs> that's, that's what it is when did, did you study theatre? I never studied theatre in like drama school like I never went to drama school <laughs> in oh my, my room in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah boom yeah, yeah. you know I did the performing arts B-Tech all of that classic stuff oh, yeah, and then so. I was like you know theatre and like going to a is really soul destroying back then I used to be a brown girl with dark curly hair so like textbook mixed race chick mm. and so there'd be a thousand other mixed race chicks who look just like that in the same room and you're like wow there is no difference between us except maybe like you know how we say a word I, think, and, and I mean that's kind of a names. universal I don't know if you guys find that in auditions but mm. like yep. I've gone in for an audition and you, you're feeling pretty confident you're like oh, I think I've got this I think I can do this <laughs> and you go in there and there is literally just 12 carbon copies of you and yeah. you feel so I'm like oh that's just like 12 blonde girls great so great. I decided that I was like over that so I was like I'm going to start making my own work because fuck the system I didn't go that far I remember at drama school I kept getting mistaken I had brown hair then mm-hmm. and I kept getting mistaken for some of the other girls on the course and I was oh. like I don't look like her so like a day before we did our final showcase in front of all the agents and everything I dyed my hair bright ginger so like yeah I was just like fuck this bitch I bet all the other brunettes were like fuck yeah so there was just like a sea of brunettes and then me like the ginger at the front good I got an agent amazing hopefully not just because of the agent putting you up for ginger rolls I need to start changing my hair to do that yeah I recommend it everybody turn ginger and it you stick it out I also got a bit of heckling and abuse weirdly cool cool it's either like people either love it like loads of guys being like oh you're such a fiery redhead yeah. and it's like <laughs> <laughs> what was that guy yeah. voice like what was that <laughs> okay well you're guys so you don't understand but that is so re- like it, hashtag related hashtag related uh, <laughs> yeah or people yeah. were really negative and like shouted like ginger bitch like, <laughs> okay like, fair play okay <laughs> I, just, I mean it's the same guy that said both <laughs> I was very one confused. guy heckling from the crowd <laughs> I was like do you like it do you not like it what do I do okay cool he was indecisive you know yeah it's like one, one woman. Yeah, it's a solo show. Yeah, queen. It's just me talking about like my struggles and stuff. <laughs> it's just me and my loop stations, just talking about being mixed race and being a mixed race black woman and kind of exploring all of that in a fun way. Cool. Well, you know, just the way that I would do it, really. Where's your heritage from, both sides? What's your? My dad is Jamaican and my mum is Irish. 
Nice. So an Irish I'm, Jamaican. I'm an Irish Jamaican. Yeah, absolutely. I've never been to either island. So island being island island. <laughs> the island island, the island, island and the other Jamaica, island. <laughs> yeah. Never been either of those places. But I think both of those will be such an experience. I wanted to find out like my like genealogy because you can now the technology's there so mm. i did that thing where you like do a dna test and i've sent my sample off and you have to spit like quite a lot i thought it would be just like it's <laughs> <laughs> not a swamp no it's not a swamp, I it was a swamp. it's literally you get like a test tube and yeah. then there's a line and it's like fill it up to there make sure it's all spit no bubbles uh, so i was there like at first i was like okay i can do this okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> after a few minutes i was like hacking into this thing and then i was like I just I had dry mouth. I was like, <laughs> "There's nothing left. I've got, I've got, I've got nothing. I got nothing left for you, man. You completely God. stuck me dry." Yes, yeah, so I've set it off. <laughs> I've got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they've sent it off and it has to go all around the world. It has to go to the Netherlands and then the actual labs in like LA or something. No. And then they're going to send it back to me in a few weeks. But I'm going to get a full genealogy of where all my ancestors are from all what? over the world. That is sick. I'm hoping for something a little bit tropical. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, and if they also at the same time do like a full medical history thing. And I had to sign a waiver to say that I had to accept what I was going to find out about myself because oh they, they tell yeah. yeah they tell you like the likelihood of you getting Alzheimer's, the likelihood of you getting breast cancer, which yeah. is all good things no to way. know. No, thank you. Good things to know. Good things to know because then you can like really? make like you can you can prep yourself and get some step but yeah. it, they were like you have to understand the psychology behind knowing this, like if you are in the top bracket of maybe getting this or maybe getting that. I think it could sound so depressing finding about yeah. yourself. Like, no, it's like, like, funny. I'm, I'm would you like to know when or how you would die? No. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what that sounds like. Would you like to know when or how you would die? I'd be curious. I'm a very curious man, so I Yeah, but once you look, you can't unlook. Yeah, you yeah, can't unlearn then, what you have learned. Yeah, but then I'll just change it, you know, I'll find a different way to die. No, because that's how it is you can't change I don't think that's how it works no no. they'd be like one of those films where like you end up causing your death because you find out about it and then you do everything you can final destination (laughs) exactly what do you think you are what like genetically yeah I think that I've got probably like some Scandinavian or something because when I went to Iceland everyone was talking to me in Icelandic and I was like dude I'm English I don't know <laughs> but thank you because everyone in Iceland's hot I mean yeah. right so what is like, in the water there I was so honoured I was like oh my god <laughs> yes Can and I of course it? I want to be a little bit from Wakanda so you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm helping Wakanda forever Wakanda forever one can hope I've got a little game I'd like us all to play okay it's called guess the Disney lyric <laughs> challenge. Okay. I didn't mean to I'm let out that. Yes. Oh, yes. Marvin, I tried to hold it in. Marvin is going to win this. Okay. Probably not. Let's oh. play this. Right. Am I'm I out? Because apparently Marvin's going to Am I out? Do no. I not get to play? Because no, I get to play, but we Marvin, all get Marvin to play. is a serial Disney fan. We'll so. see about that. <laughs> you, you lie about it, but he knows it all back to front. Wow. Oh, my God, Marvin. Mm-hmm. You're exposing yourself left, right, and centre. No, I love this it. This is not true. I'm telling you that. Very true. You used to watch Zoe 101. Don't lie. Listen, Zoe 101 was but don't, see, don't, see, he's don't, the one who does that. I mean, that, now, no, I, my sister told me that it was bad. I don't, I've never watched it myself, personally. Oh, God, you guys are so young. So, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's try and play this. Nothing okay, so, time is over. So what's going to happen? They're going to play a song, and they're going to cut the music, and we've got to continue singing it. If not, just make up the lyrics. This could be really jokes. Let's give this a little go. I'm not going to be good at this, really. Let's give it a little go. Forest to the fire within. Damn. Once you find your center, you are sure to win. No, you're not cheating. Yes, we got it. That's like two points to go. You didn't even see it. You didn't even see it. We did. They did. They sung it. Under the sea. Under the sea. Fly us and eat us in fricassee. Mate, I need the music. Yeah, you know the lyrics. Under the sea, I'm there. Goat like to cook. The seal will under the hook. Under the sea, under the hook. Hey, go on, go on, get one for the boys. Go on, for the boys. Come on, waited, you'll see. Go on, man, get one for the boys. I'm not getting this one. I'm not, man. Now try your best to stay calm. Brush up your Sunday salam. Come and meet me. Come on, come on, come on. I told you nothing. No, that's the wrong one, Rush. This is a lot. I'm nodding and I'm yesing. 
Arriba. <laughs> I mean, That's what is that God. from? It's from Coco. How oh, is it? Oh, I've not Coco. seen Coco. I've never seen. Coco, Coco. I've not seen. Oh yeah, I've seen this actually. You have seen your movie, Coco. He's the guy that's the guitar, like plays the guitar. Standing straight back at me. When will my back at me? Yes, Queen. Ray ever got one. I've kind of got this one. Go on, Ray, go on, go on. Put them together and what have you got? Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Yeah, I got that one. I got the Come on, give us a point. That's a point. That's half a point. What you said, we need to brush up on our Every Disney morning, now, just the real. same. It's like the morning that we came to this ballroom and just down. Good morning, Belle. Good morning, monsieur. Wow. We're like impressing you right now. Wow, we're freaking you out. Wow. Yeah, a little bit Pete, a little bit of press. All those Disney auditions. Yeah, man. Bare necessities and mother's nature's recipes. I mean the bare necessities. Come on, Ray. Go on, Just the bare necessities. Oh, come on, man. You are people. Tell her this one. People who think like you. Mommy, you know what I'm Bro, this game when I was born. You're the stranger. You'll learn things you never knew. You never the girls are cheating. Yeah, no. the girls are clearly cheating. There is clearly lyrics on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the lyrics on the screen, man. Oh, wait, we got Google here. Okay, ready? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Aladdin, sir, what would your prison please? When take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are shit. Sorry. <laughs> really, what happened in your childhood? <laughs> I don't know. Go on, bro. Go on. No, you know it. No, this is You've watched this about five times. Anymore. Please open the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jew. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Hang in there, Joan. Hang in there, Joan. Hang in there, Joan. Hang in Santa Claus is coming down, coming down, coming down. My You guys literally said that word for word exactly the same. Did you watch this before they came here? Yeah. I mean, there's a connection here. I don't know. I know. Mom is the team. I've got half a point. I've got half a point. Where's your point at? There's a set of demand and Yeah, I've got that. I got that. Alright, go on, boys. You take this one. Yeah. Sweet. 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 I'm regressing so well. <gasps> and almost kind. And he was mean and he was cool. <laughs> now he's sweet and so unsure. I wonder why I never felt it there before. Wow, these definitely didn't go out when they were young. Man. Yeah, trust me, we stayed in front of the TV. Well, I can say that we absolutely won that just, round. Just smashed it. Like, by like one point. It. By like one point. Like no, it was a we won it fair and square. It was like head to head. Sorry, girls win. They had the lyrics win. on the screen, we didn't, so I guess we won. We won. I want the to Oh. Studio, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's not the right thing. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
We go big here. Go big or go home, basically. Amazing. That's my thing. I love it. I <laughs> knew you before I knew you, basically, because I'd seen your videos whizzing around the internet on Facebook. Oh, and so you were one of the three. No, I kidding. was one of the three people. <laughs> Me, your mum, yeah. uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. your husband. <laughs> yeah, it was really great because you do really refreshing... I'm not going to say rant videos because they're not like angry, but they're just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You have a mouth, you have a voice and you're not afraid to use it. And you say the stuff that most people think in their head, <laughs> which is, I think why you resonate with so many Oh my girls. God, I come across as not angry. So I guess I'm a really good yeah. actress. <laughs> I'm furious. I'm so furious. I've actually discovered that if you smile, you can basically say anything and people kind of oh, go, oh, she's cute. As long as you smile. Yeah. <laughs> no, I started like a couple of years ago and it was literally at the point where I just couldn't like you know i was like i can't take this anymore like somebody has to just say oh my god being a mom sucks sometimes yeah. you know so yeah i'm a mom by the way you're a mom of, yeah, of three, three three girls yeah i've been a mom now for seven years <gasps> yeah and i love my kids you have to say that okay we yeah. have to start by saying we have to this exactly i love my kids i love them love them love them but they are pains in the ass so yeah <laughs> so that's kind of how it started i basically wrote an article saying i love my kids but sometimes i wish they would fuck off Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally didn't mean anything to happen with oh, it. Oh, it started on a blog. Yeah, it started then- on a blog. And then I suddenly got like you know loads of people just sending in messages saying oh my god thank you for saying that because i literally feel that way and it kind of like went from there so i started doing videos and yeah and now yeah. it's your full-time job and now are. it's my full-time job yeah basically complaining about my kids that's <laughs> great i've expanded since then by the way i complain about my husband now the dogs the, everything. the weather everything <laughs> everything just a, a professional complainer <laughs> with but a smile with a smile with a smile which means that it's not a negative thing exactly it's, great. it's like constructive <laughs> criticism on the universe exactly but it's good and I remember as well so a couple of other friends that I know they'd seen your videos and they're like oh you know that Tova lady I love her oh my gosh so I think that yeah you're getting like a really positive response and guys as well not just women yeah. you guys there are dads out there and yeah like, there are dads that follow the page at the beginning it was a bit weird mm. <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> but actually dads. since then I have started talking about other things a lot of them do include vaginas and you know women's stuff but I don't know the guys are there I guess because they're interested mm-hmm. A lot of stuff, parenting stuff, obviously appeals to the dads as well. And, you know, there's a lot of young people as well now recently. Young followers, not just parents, because I talk a lot about body shaming and, you know. Yes. And one thing that you do really well on your Instagram, and I love this, is that you imitate or take the piss out or parody a lot of, like, the celebs kind of pho- no, photoshopped, <laughs> glamorous images, and then you do, like, a real version of it, which is just amazing. Yeah, and I think, like, we all do that. Like, I put filters on my stuff as well. Oh, Obviously, yeah. we all do. Like, yeah, yeah I try I try <laughs> and try and keep it real. Yeah. So I will use, I'll, I put my hand up, I'll use filters. Yeah. And then I'll every so often I will try and do, like, no makeup vlogging on my Instagram and stuff and try and be like yeah no filter no makeup and yeah yeah so we I do the same like I obviously use filters sometimes but I started doing all these parody videos especially not so much celebrities but the sport ones Mm. so like this is everybody's into fitness today and by the way it's funny because sometimes people say to me what you want to like be you know you want to be fat you don't want to like work out and it's not about that I love working out but I only do stuff that I really enjoy so like anyway we do these sport videos these people that are into like extreme dream sport and they they're amazing by the way like they're really really fit and me and my husband just kind of like do it in the garden and neither <laughs> of us are extremely fit so <laughs> not professional athletes. not not professional yes don't try this at home and you know what i mean what did your husband think when you were first like did you discuss it with him or did it kind of happen and he got on board with it later does he understand first of all my husband is so british okay. like you you've met him yeah, right yeah so you know right <laughs> he's in his 50s right and he is so british but he just goes along with anything. Yeah. I have no idea why he does it. Like, till this day, I just don't understand. And sometimes I'll ask him to do stuff and he'll go, okay. And I'll go, but you're really, I don't know. Like, you're, aren't you like conservative? Like, aren't you like, you're like British? an adult. You're an adult. <laughs> yeah, adult. You're an adult. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but I understand that it's comedy. He's great. He just goes along with it. So he's been great. When I started, I don't think he knew that any of this was going to happen and that mm. it would become like a job and stuff. He's up for it. So that's good. <laughs> And one thing, I, I have a couple of conversations with people when I talk about, like, oh, I work on the internet, and I kind of put, to a degree, a lot of my life, private yeah. and non-private, on there. And people are like, oh, but, like, 
how do you feel about putting kids on the yeah. internet and stuff? And so did you make a conscious decision to be like, yeah, because you, your kids feature a lot in, yeah. your, in your stories because they're so funny and they're part of the comedy. It's weird. You know, at the beginning, it bothered me more because it was such a new thing and yeah. I didn't know where it was going to go. Till this day, I don't really use their real names anywhere. Ah. So like their names are have never been revealed, like not their real names. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And they awesome. don't, you know, they feature in videos, but not as often as they could have, you know. And mm-hmm. actually, my eldest is into it now. Like she likes doing it. So like, you know, I'll let her do it. She's a seven-year-old. My twins are completely not interested. So, you know, we don't force them or anything like that. But yeah. <laughs> you, you must know. perform. Yeah. But then when you think about it. Everybody has, like, when you look at other people's Instagrams, whatever, a lot of people have their kids. I don't know. I feel like we can't, you have to protect them, but then you can't also, like, put them in a bubble. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It has to, there has to be, you know, yeah, some sort of I balance. Think- yeah. I'm kind of the same. Like, yeah, you can, you can. I don't personally. <laughs> like, if you put your kids yes, on the Jana. internet, yeah, tell me. Yeah, I, I think where I sit, and everyone has to go with what yeah. they what they feel. I mean, I, it might be different. I might have a kid and be like, nobody look at them ever. <laughs> She's precious. But I feel like yes, there are some dark people and weirdos on the internet. But yeah. that kind of comes with, and and it is always through that filter like they're they're not physically going to be near you it's funny because you you don't even think about what they understand so obviously i explain to my kids that this is my job and it's important for me like to tell them that this is work rather than because you know we're all addicted to our phones and social media and they often see me with my phone and i it bugs me you know as an addict to social media (laughs) (laughs) you know but then again i i I sort of made a make a point to sometimes say i'm actually doing some work whatever Uh, they did a live with me once my eldest did a live with me and I had to explain before that the people that I'm talking to right now are strangers. I don't know them. You don't know them. We don't know them, you know? So then a couple of weeks later, I had a Skype call with somebody that I actually know, but they live overseas. And she kind of went, but mommy, it's a stranger. Like we can't, <laughs> you can't say my name. Strangers in the, in the computer. And, like, and now I have to explain the difference between a Skype call and, and a, a Facebook live. live. Yeah. Yes, because you've been doing this now for uh, like a, a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Where would you, where do you like want to go with this if you're driving this? Like, would your would you like to have a talk show? Would you like a because you're an actress? Would you like a sketch show? Yeah, in I, the wildest dreams. I mean, to be honest, all of this is like makes me laugh because I did not see this coming. Yeah. I did not plan this. I know your background's acting as well. I was an actress and I left that world thinking that was it after I w- became a mom. Yeah, and this just is so random to me right now but I am writing a book and again I was a bit like oh why would I write a book who would read it you no, know 100% think of all the, the, the young moms yeah and the, the new moms I don't have to be young but like <laughs> there's a lot of new old moms but <laughs> yeah but that would be a great thing to read yeah so to, I, like a real pre- you know because you get those pregnancy books what to expect when you're expecting I'd prefer to read one that you write aww do you know what I mean you're, so you're gonna be real like really? I found out the other day about like the what's it called the the like the perineum tears thing oh. Like, and nobody tells you this shit. <laughs> nobody tells nobody you, tells that, you shit. that you have to massage the little piece between your 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 ass and your vagina, otherwise it can tear. You really need to massage. You need to massage that oh shit, or that's gonna just break on you. And like, this is not in the movies. I mean, even in the movies, you have the baby, and everyone's like, Mah. they don't do the afterbirth. No, there's these all these yes. things. I think being a girl, there's like a backstreet. They've improved in movies. Like before, it was you know lying down, going push now push, and like three pushes, the baby's out, and then everybody's smiling and she's sort no. of still somehow looking semi-normal no but th- they've improved since then but you're right the after baby that's what they don't show they you they don't show the walking stuff. around the house like with the breast pumps just going the sound effect because that's what you need you know oh my god crying oh yeah i wish that there was more realistic portrait because i i hear like rumors on you know in the schoolyard or wherever and it's just like you're in a bar with some friends and someone's like have you heard about this this that can actually happen and you're like why does nobody mention this in the handbook of being a woman you know but some people like tell me sometimes because i do videos and i tell everything like i'll say everything and then people will say to me you know tova i feel like you're really scaring young moms like you're scaring women they won't want to have babies (laughs) yeah well yeah you know there's enough people in the world so there is yeah we're overpopulated you're actually helping the population control actually (laughs) so that's great back row and chill with no clock and johanna james on 
You're listening to Backrow and Chill, Johanna James, and today with Tej World. Tej, that's me. A huge welcome, thank you to Jim Bradshaw. He's the head of film in the awards team mm-hmm. at BAFTA. So thank you very much for coming in. Hello, hello, hello. Actually, hello. you deserve the fanfare. <laughs> I salute you. I salute you. Yes, Jim, I salute you. This is the godfather of the Baptists, really. Like, That's what they call me. You know what I mean? He's like the Wiley equivalent. You know, you could be... If the enemy didn't film... <laughs> the Wiley of the Baptists right now. That's it. I've crowned you. Thank you very much. I accept the crown. There you go. Amazing. So, I was so excited that you were going to be coming in so that we could sort of pick your brains. Because for a lot of our listeners, my level of award show knowledge is well I kind of see the outside of it I see the glitz and the yeah. the, the, the red carpet and I sort of check Which up on I check up on who's won what and stuff but I don't really know the process of how anything would even get to be viewed or yeah. like yeah, awarded yeah. anything who really chooses what wins and how yeah. do we ensure that the real winner actually wins because I mean if I was doing the envelopes here okay yeah. right I was the independent adjudicator you know like the man with the white gloves for the lottery yeah I would just put my name in all the envelopes I'll be best actress <laughs> best supporting actress best female lifetime <laughs> achievement it'd be T well, that's my job to make sure that that doesn't that doesn't happen, happen. Yeah, so you yeah. trust this lady we trust that, yeah. Can I get a phone number so I can... <laughs> <laughs> well, so BAFTA is 6,500 members. Sheesh! So 6,500 people who have made a significant contribution to their area of filmmaking. Uh-huh. One of whom is Noel Clark. Yes. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, he's on the team. So, you know, people who have made films, won BAFTAs in the past. Yeah. Uh, and obviously going back years and years, so... Okay. Six and a half thousand people who really know what they're talking about yes. in terms of great editors, great directors. Definitely. So a range of different people. Yeah, That's sure, good, so it's sure not bad. That, that six and a half thousand includes people making, working on every type of film, yeah. from locations to production design to props to absolutely everything you can think of yeah. on a film set and post-production. An eclectic and bunch, yeah. And so they vote in the first round. We get into the nominations, they all vote, so they all watch as many films as they can and vote for the ones they really loved. Uh-huh. They all vote for best film, they all vote for the performers. And then in the other categories, the editors will vote for the editors, the directors will vote for the directors, so they're getting that really specialist knowledge. Oh, okay, of the yeah, that about seems that fair. Crime. So the directors are voting for other directors. That's good. Yeah. Like that. And then once they've done that, in the second round, when we get this point, when we've got our five films in each category, then everybody votes for their winner. Mm. So everybody gets to have their say on what they think the best visual effects or the best editing or whatever is. Because obviously, they, you know, in the real world, they're all working together to make yeah, films, so they've all got their own opinions on it, so... Wow, that sounds amazing. So it's a lot of people. It's a lot know, of people. And that's, that's, what, that's what's important about it, because that's it's good. not 12 people sitting that's in That's what room. I thought. I yeah. thought it was like nights uh, at yeah. the round table. No, yeah, you know, I thought it was like The last supper a... kind of thing, and everyone just decides. Yeah, that cool. would be so easy. Yeah, you know, if it's 12 people in a room, that's so easy for like... You know, somebody to sway it, or you've got to make sure that those 12 people are biased and representative, it bit, and it's impossible. Yeah, we'd get a bit of Vladimir Putin, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is something, you know, that's another part of my job, making sure none of that sort of stuff oh, goes yeah. on. Uh, like digital samples. security is oh, my biggest headache at the moment, and making sure everything's unhackable and un. Okay. Uh, I probably shouldn't talk about that too much on air. No, 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 that's good. No, that's good. good. So we know it's secure. Yeah. That's put my mind at ease, because I'm like, no, nah, what if, like, you know, six and 12 people then obviously you're going to get nominated. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking I've only got a chat to make 12 friends, but now I know I've got to make <laughs> 6,000 six friends. 6,500 yeah. yeah, it's, it's not going to happen now. <laughs> it's hard to bribe 6,500 people. You've Damn. got to have a lot of Rolexes to yeah. give away. <laughs> <laughs> and is it my understanding that the board of people who are on BAFTA, you get to come together like a committee and think up sort of new guidelines and rules and things? Yeah, absolutely. So that's another big part of my job. So when people say, you know, what do you do the rest of the year? As soon as the ceremony's finished, film and the process of making film is always changing, mm-hmm. especially with technology. And, yeah. You know, so we're every year things will come up and we're looking at what went well the year before, where we need to make tweak categories, where we may need to be looking at. Yeah. You know, are there new things happening? Yeah. So like over the last few years we really changed the move from special effects which is like explosions and things happening in real life to visual effects visual effects. All digital and computers mm-hmm. and yeah that's happened over the last sort of 15 years and but you know there's always things changing like that but also like process and the voting and kind of you know tweaking are we doing things in the best way to get to the best results that process happens immediately so the day after the film awards we go straight into that and there's a committee of people which again one of whom is Noel Clark, yeah. who do that process. So that's a committee of people from the membership. And again, it's directors, editors, writers, 
so that's a, a representative group as well, and they, they kind of make the decisions on what yeah. those rule changes should be. And but that's the bit I enjoy most about the job. So when we get to the point where you have to apply the rules, mm -hmm. and we have to have discussions about what's a documentary, what's a British film, and kind of work out these definitions that are right and they're yeah. always changing. Yeah. One really exciting thing that Noel actually, he told me last week was about the change of rule to make diversity one mm -hmm. of the key yeah. things. You've got a good ethic and drive towards that. Yeah, well, it's something Beautiful. we've been trying to do for a long time. Mm. So we do a lot of stuff alongside the awards. All of our awards have special categories that offer new talent and that's something that we've always done. And then we have a lot of work the rest of the year that goes on that people don't get to see where... We work with up-and-coming talent to give them opportunities to match them with members and like mentoring schemes and really? learning schemes and all that kind of stuff. So that's something that's very much at the heart of what BAFTA does. And Def one of the things that we've done this year, which will come into effect for the next couple of years, yeah. is where BFI have diversity standards, which okay. is saying, are the crew of this film diverse? Does it talk about <gasps> underrepresented stories? Like what's happening on screen, what's happening off screen? what education opportunities were available on this film. Wow. And what we've done is we're going to say that from 2019, any yes. film in our British categories, yes. our British feature categories, will have to have met those standards. They will either have to be, be telling a story from an underrepresented group, you know, on screen. On screen diversity is one part of it. Or they're making sure that their crew is diverse yeah. as possible. And it's a really good system that the BFI mm. have put together because it means that there are some types of films, some types of stories that mm -hmm. you can't really... You can't put from. minorities in every... Because like, I was thinking that. Yeah. I was like, there might be a story about, I don't know, well, 18th so century Sweden, exactly. which necessarily you couldn't so really say, film. Yeah. Say you want to make a Jane Austen adaptation. You can't shoehorn minorities yeah. into that because it's, you know, it's, it's hard true. to do. Yeah, but I mean, it's doable, and that's but you, it's harder. But then you the opportunity to fill the crew and get through with a exactly. diverse crew. Because yeah, yeah. like you said, it's a film. It's not just people on the the front of the screen. Yeah, it is a film is everybody behind yeah, exactly. it. Behind it as well. What's interesting is that so diversifying what's in front, front of the camera mm. is the easy bit. Easy. Because actually it's mm. really easy to give opportunities to other writers and other actors yeah. and get different stories told. Actually that is the easy, easy. bit. If there's a will to do it, mm -hmm. that's the easy bit. Actually getting people to the level where they can be heads of department off camera in terms of cinematographers mm. and editors and that's the bit that's hard yeah. and that's the bit that the industry is kind of going that's what really needs to change because that's what's really going to affect but meaningful say, diversity say if you are like a, a, a dop or, or or whatever and you want to be in contact with this initiative like is there a way they can make themselves heard or do back to seek out these people it's a bit of both so if you're already working in the industry and you're a, a dop or trying to be a dop we yeah. have something called bafta crew which is for people working in those what we below the line things for the ones that you know mm. and that's a sort of structured program that anybody can apply to be on is and it you have to have one i think it's one or two credits on something and it can doesn't have to be a film it can be like a music video or a documentary really? or whatever it's good that also allows people to see that not everyone has to be in front of the camera mm -hmm. there's yeah. so much that happens behind it yeah. and it's good that it's showing that and something like yeah, that yeah. and this program will teach that and show yeah. that there are other ways to get into film without having to be yeah totally the I, next, was, I was reading something um, the other day that was saying like no matter what you want to do no matter what your <coughs> skills are no matter what your talents are yes you can do it in film you can mm. yeah you know props costumes lighting music all sorts of things pushing buttons pushing catering, buttons mate. catering catering exactly. is one of the most important things yeah. trust me unit nurses everything that exists exists oh on a film gosh. set because you know, it's their like, whole little world in yeah. themselves. And it, <laughs> yeah. it makes a difference. I've been on film sets where if the food is amazing, yeah. then everybody else is happy. Everyone, like, gets into their job. Everyone goes for it. If the yeah. food's bad, everybody is fo focusing on the food rather than on the job and everything. Yeah. Something like that is just is I've so I've got a friend important. who's a producer, and she says that's the first thing she sorts out is the food because yeah. everything... Every if people don't get food, it rolls nothing down. else is going to work. Um, trust me, and you go on to anger, because me, yeah, like, me without food is not a happy day for nobody. It's not <laughs> a happy day. Me too, I'm sure the <laughs> earth will stop spinning, <laughs> the hearts will stop beating if I'm hungry and on set. Hungry! With yeah. a capital H! <laughs> yeah? And the things, I remember going on the set, I'm going to say what, what it was, there was a comedy that I was doing, I went on, I asked for a bacon sandwich, and because I wasn't the star on the show at the time, I think they forgot my order, and then she bought me a blueberry muffin. That's oh, not the same. The runner that is bought not me. The same. Do you know what? I would have let it slide if she bought me a sausage. No, even if she bought me a chocolate chip muffin, <laughs> but a blueberry muffin. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm like, she's trying to make tantrum. me... Was there a tantrum? Was there a star Teacher, I didn't know you were a diva. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to get Jackie Chan. Yeah, roll over and Mariah Carey. Teacher's here. So, and you also have, what I really like, I always no. look out for the rising star, because it's interesting yeah. to see who's coming up and who's... Yes, oh, who is? Yeah, and who I is? think this is a great list this year, actually. Let's see, let's see. Yeah. So, obviously, Noel announced these for us. The rising star, and this is the one that's voted for by the public. This is where the public do get to have their say on an award. It's interesting, because sometimes you get people that are at different stages in their careers yeah. yeah whereas this year i think all five are people that have really landed this year certainly in terms of their film careers the young guy who is going to be the next spider-man mm-hmm. i was so excited that they cast a spider-man who was an actual teenager yeah. rather yes. than a 25 year old yeah. playing 19 they cast a yeah. teenager and he and looks I think it what they did in captain america after sort of introducing him as a cameo yes. in captain america yes. so that everyone's ready Perfect. and excited for him so tom holland he's british and then the the range of people there so i don't know if you guys saw a film called victoria which came out in the summer mm. so it's this german film that oh, was done in one in single one take single take all the whole t- the whole film. So it's about this girl going on a night yeah. out, and she gets involved with these. So she's a Spanish girl living in Berlin, and she gets involved with these guys. She's just going home from work. She gets involved with these drunk guys, and the night takes a bad turn, and it's We've just all, all taken. So the camera is just following them around Berlin, Whoa. takes in one take, and the girl Lia Costa, who plays Victoria, this incredible performance, and would be an incredible performance in a normal film, let alone that she is doing it in, one, in take. one take. Oh. Well, they sort of improvised it apparently so they did it obviously they had to do it over a number of nights so they just sort of yeah, ran the thing six or seven times I think that is and then the one that they is the on one. the film is I think the sixth night they did it and you watch it on two levels because you're watching it it's a good film it's a really exciting oh film gosh. it's a sort of thriller so you're really excited about it. But then on the other hand of it, as someone who loves film, you're watching it going, how the hell did they do that? How like, the hell did they get the camera into the car without... No, you know, there's bits where they're getting in and out of cars. Obviously, it ends up being... I won't give too much yeah. away, but there's chases. And chases like, and you know, And it's all seamless. Because you think... The okay. cinematographer... Did a ridiculous is it job done on one, so one camera, two cameras? Literally one camera, one, camera. one, one take. take, no cutting. And it's not like that's Birdman or some of those things where it oh. seems to be one take and it's fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's no, not an exclusive. Because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, okay, if they run some super track and they've got like a super dolly and a super track like going through, like they're running through a car, yeah. but then you can't run that much track, then they must be like a steady cam. And then which one do you yeah, pick? Yeah, exactly. Could, so I you watch it on these two levels because you're watching it going, I'm so into the story, so into these characters. But then go, how did they do that? Someone I was talking to about said, just thinking about all the people that must have been running around, like stopping traffic yes. and stopping people coming in. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, can you imagine the, the logistics of it must yeah. have just been ridiculous. I, I, they, they did it, I think they did it at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Imagine trying to bash the wires for that. <laughs> for totally. that. Or even if they did it with like a battery thing, how are you going to change while he's still going? Yeah. I would love to see that. They have to do it behind the scenes. Please, please let them do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted there to be a documentary that they shows the other side of it. How to make it. I could see this being a new genre. One take. Yeah. Best one take film. I love the direction that things are going in. And it's so good to hear that it's forever changing. Like having like the things like mm-hmm. draw animation. I guess that wasn't always there and like and I think oh, is it always it's been there for a while, yeah. but certainly again that's where um, people who make short animations aren't always new yeah. talent, but they often mm. are. And certainly these guys, I think. I believe the BAFTA is in good hands in your hands. Thank Jim. you very much. I'm filled with confidence now. And just on a personal level mm-hmm. as well, just wanted to ask what your favourite performances and movies, just not as someone from BAFTA, but just yeah. as and in yourself, what have you really enjoyed? didn't like for our audience I mean, to maybe I'm go in a really see. nice position this year of genuinely liking all of the films that nominated certainly in best film some years you're kind of a bit like uh, yeah. some of these aren't so great but I see why they're nominated but yeah. I don't like them whereas this year I really love them all I'm not supposed to pick one but if I had to I would pick Moonlight it's just a really great film about sort of coming of age thing again what we were talking about before about diversity a kind of story that hasn't really been told no. Can I get your opinion on this year, right? Like, I'm advocating for this to happen, yeah? Okay, because you know uh, they're remaking a lot of films at the moment, all right? Yeah. I think it's time that they make Demolition Man. Remake Demolition Man. Remake Demolition Man. Demolition Man. And who, who do you want to see in that? That's what I'm saying. Who would you cast as Wesley Snacks and as, um, what's his name? Stur- who oh, would you man. Do? I can see you know going at it in this in this film. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Know, I can't, don't make me choose who's going to no, be who. No, but, no, you I know. know. I mean, uh, me as Wesley Snacks, you know. <laughs> I thought you'd probably want to be Wesley Snacks. I don't know how Noel will feel about being Sly, but... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Or maybe Tom Hardy or someone younger. Yeah, Tom Hardy or maybe go different routes on like Ryan Gosling or something. Chris Pine, maybe. Chris Pine, Ryan Gosling. Because there's, no, there's no one that can replace Sly, really. Sly is Sly. He's 
true. It's true. Well, I'm going to have a think about it, and we're going to make this happen this year. Okay. okay we shall make Amazing. it. All right. I look forward to getting <laughs> nominated next year. There you go. That's <laughs> our film nominated. Plus, we've got Inside Man, so it's going to happen. <laughs> and if we can't do it, Putin will. Back row and chill with No Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio. Hopefully, Chris Addison is on the line. Let's have a little look. Chris, are you there? It's true, I'm here. I'm yes. here using the magic of telephones. It's magic, isn't it? I still don't know how they work. But I don't I can... know either. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure, thanks for having me. Right, so I have heard all about your new show today, which I was like, oh, didn't know about that. It's the Glyndebourne Opera Cup, which sounds like yes. it's in Harry Potter, which I love, first of all. Yes. And it's an international singing competition about... Yes. Young opera stars, which I was like, oh, love this move. So Glyndebourne is, it does sound like something out of Harry Potter. In fact, it's a country house down in Sussex where for 84 years, every summer, there's been opera all summer. In fact, to the point where a few years ago, they built their own massive, amazing opera house in the grounds. It's brilliant. It's a beautiful place. And they have started competition for singers between 21 and 28, which is a great way of them getting a sort of leg up into the highly competitive world Ooh. of opera. 21, wow. 28, that means I can compete if I want to. TJ, sorry mate, I think you're just out of that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm just out of that bracket, but... Damn. I'm Don't just... worry, TJ, there's plenty of other competitions you can enter, I'm, I'm sure you're... I'm not worried, I just feel bad for Glambourne for missing out on such talent. Yeah, a absolutely. Talent that is fundamentally me. their loss. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, yes. Thank you. I know you... Alright, there you go. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> so, Chris, you're known for your comedy and your acting yeah. and your directing. Why the move to the opera? I mean, it's not... Well, is it a move? Just me doing a thing that I really like. So I've been a fan of opera for years. I've come down to Glyndebourne every summer for the last 20 years or so. Okay. And I love it. It's just the most incredible art form. It's yeah. the best singing you can possibly hear at close range. It's amazing. It's beautiful and moving and all of the things that you want out of going to see somebody mm. performing. And Chris, have you seen the new Amadeus production at the National? Do you know what? I still haven't. Because <gasps> I couldn't get tickets. Have you seen it? Yes. Is it amazing? Yeah, it is. It's a really clever, it's almost a modernised version. It's half modern. Right half true to the sort of original 18th century. Like, so they have mobile phones, but they're in costume. Mozart wears Doc Martens. And it's just <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. That's because amazing. I think it's shows like Amadeus and maybe like Phantom of the Opera. Growing up, they were my only real experience of opera. Yeah. Mm. So this is kind of cool. Sky Arts is making a move for young yeah. people. Making yeah. opera cool. Can I? Yeah, because the thing about it is, right, it's obviously, it's one of those things where you hear that word and instantly in your head you sort of see people in tiaras and dicky bows and all of that <laughs> eating caviar off poor people. And <laughs> it, none of it is actually like that. Yeah. I was telling this story the other day about, like, the best thing I ever saw in a comedy club, like, about 20 years ago when I started out, it was in a really, but, you know, back before the smoking ban and all that, proper yes. smoky, stale beer and sweat kind of comedy club. Yes. And it was a Friday night with a properly drunk crowd and the MC, you know, just doing that kind of, oh, what do you do to the audience and this girl said I'm an opera student and he went shut up go on then go on then sing us a song and she stood up and she sang this song which I know where that's from now but I didn't then all I knew was I'd heard it on adverts and in films and stuff and she sang this song it's a song called O Mio Babino Caro by Puccini it's so beautiful and no one was expecting her to do it but she stood up and she started to sing and people immediately went silent like a proper drunk Friday night crowd went totally silent yeah. and when she finished they went lunatic like proper kind of X Factor winner wow. crazy because you're hearing a human doing a superhuman thing because yeah. they're using the voice which is like the most yeah. basic instrument you could use in the most ninja of possible way there's something incredibly moving about it it just sort of strikes you right and it makes your bones shake it's sort of it's just there in you to sort of hear that and, and be moved by it and that entire crowd who are very you know <laughs> a very tough bunch of Mancunians were just Blown on the away. ceiling by the end of it. Yeah, I think it's for anybody, you see. I think once you get rid of all of the sort of trappings of the cliches of it, if you just yeah, listen to what people sure. are doing, it's gorgeous, man. Yes. Can I ask you, what are your thoughts about contemporary opera to classical opera? Yeah. And, and are you against opera not being sung in Italian? Well, I think you should do what you want to do with it. The material is there, now do what you want with it. Kind of like that Amadeus production that you're talking about. Mm. Amadeus is only, was only written in the 70s, but it definitely wasn't written with Doc Martens, and obviously there weren't mobile phones at any <laughs> yeah. point. But that's a legitimate adaptation, right? I think you should be able to do
do anything. So I think opera should be allowed to be sung in whatever language you want. It definitely helped if the composer wrote it in a certain language. That's the music that they've got in their ears. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, when they're writing it, translation could be a bit jolting, but yeah. Yeah, Understood. exactly. And but so that's the thing. But it doesn't stop you from doing it in English. And I think the idea of uh, modern operas that's vital. There are companies around the world who are really doing their best to commission new works and get mm. quite modern stuff going. There's a, an opera house in Philadelphia. If you Google them, the stuff they do is absolutely amazing. Oh, but there's right. stuff happening in our country as well. There's a great woman, fabulous young opera director called Daisy Evans, and she has this thing called Silent Opera. And you turn up to this tunnel in Bermondsey, and it's like there's only a handful of you, and they've pre-recorded the orchestra, and you listen to headphones. The singing is live, but it's sort of mic'd and mixed live into your ears, into your earphones. And they're walking among you during the production and oh, wow. uh, you're sort of it's oh, right there it's like a, an experience and stuff all of that stuff's really fantastic because it's keeping the whole thing live and new and it's renewing it and all the things that any kind of art needs to survive you know back row and chill with no Clark and Johanna James on Fubar Radio going to play a little bit now of my interview with Nina Debrev from the Triple X movie. Wow, How did you brilliant. get involved with Triple X? Well, I had to audition and fight for it. They didn't really see me as the techie, geeky, geeky girl. Yeah. Being the workforce. Now I'm not in high school or college on screen. I'm finally, finally grown up. I'm finally <laughs> grown up. So it was a welcome challenge. I had a lot of fun playing this role. Because this role brings a lot of comedy to the film. It's like you're a good comedic relief. It's a geeky girl. She's hot, but she's geeky, but she's funny. Is comedy something more, because it is a step to the side for you, this kind of thing. Is yeah. comedy something more you want to go down? Definitely, yeah. I, I've done a few things as of late in that genre, and I'm, it might be my favorite so far. I mean, getting paid to work and laugh all day and try new things and be goofy, like, I really couldn't believe that this was happening. The whole time I was just running around, falling over, geeking out on people and talking too much and being a klutz. So it was so fun. Back row and chill with Noel Clark and Johanna James on Foobar Radio.